<laughs> Everything is content. It's just more time for Evan to. Everything is content. <laughs> Us <laughs> talking about starting the the podcast is content for the podcast. Has it started? Did it yeah, start? Started. Yeah, the red button. All right. Well, okay. Welcome to Save the DA. Why are you doing it like that? Why are you? Why, see, we agreed. We agreed that you were going to host, and now you're doing this. <laughs> okay. So, for those of you who have been uh, longtime listeners, first time callers, this is a Q and A episode. We are taking fan submitted questions from all of our social media accounts. Uh, to throw at the players specifically. We have no Evan today, unfortunately. Uh, it's just going to be uh, us. We'll introduce ourselves and which character we play. Uh, yeah, can... this is also a great time to uh, shout out. Please follow us on all social medias. We are Save the D8 Pod on Insta and Twitter. So if you are not following us there, mm-hmm. do that already. And Twitter. And Twitter. And Gmail, if you also want to email us. Oh, yeah. Also, if you want to send us an email uh, or a question or a prompt or whatever, uh, you can also email us at savethed8pod at Gmail. Mm. But wait, Monica, do we have a P.O. box? (laughs) No. Uh, No, no. No, if you want to send us something, send it to me. Send us a Skylar. Don't send me shit. I don't want anything from you. All right. Does everyone have uh, some some questions? Uh, yeah. Uh, why don't I Why don't I start us off actually with sure. uh, a question from Twitter? Uh, this question was sent in by at Bastard Dungeons. Love it. Nice. You love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good name. Shout out to you, Ryan. That's a great Twitter name. Uh, Ryan <laughs> wants to know what is your favorite spell? Ooh. Hmm. Mm. Time stop. <laughs> Because <laughs> literally, literally nothing happens except for you until you affect somebody else. And I think have, that that's a really o- OP wizard spell. Have you actually <laughs> cast that in a game before? No, I was DMing and I had, a, <laughs> I, I had a, a guest spot mm-hmm. who I forgot was a super high like level wizard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he looked at his spell list and he goes, oh... I cast Time Stop. <laughs> and all of us are like, oh my god, I've never seen that cast before. So, yeah. I, I, I vote Time Stop. It's very OP, yes. I, uh, we were just doing this, but I like the banishment. Just like the, it's just like, and they're gone. <laughs> There's just something like anticlimactic and hilarious <laughs> about it, where it's like, they're just fucking, they're not here no more. Uh, banishment is definitely the spell that I probably utilize the most across any <laughs> class that can cast banishment. It's so useful. It's really useful. Um, in our home game that Skylar and I play, uh, our DM was like, oh yeah, here's two really, really powerful creatures. And I was like, cool. Mm, that's a robot, so that doesn't have any charisma. That's a god now. <laughs> that goes away. And it uh, really fucked up his whole shit. And I just love doing it. It's 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 terrible as a DM to have it happen to you, but it's very very funny. Yes, that is true. Kendall, uh, I think I think you're the last one. Go. Yeah, wow. I as a as a player, I like this spell, which is Polymorph, because it's open so many creative ways. Because you can cast it on yourself or your party members or the enemies. Hmm. But as a DM, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Because a lot of the times it's like I'm gonna turn your giant monster into a squirrel, 
and then like, wow. okay, now what? <laughs> Uh, DM's greatest. Yeah. Giant a squirrel. A squirrel. I guess he's a squirrel. I guess he's a squirrel. All right, the squirrel's gonna bash his head into a rock to do one point of damage to himself to turn <laughs> him back into a monster. I guess. Um, but it's a, a it's a really fun spell as a player because you can do so many things with it. Um, yeah, my my actual favorite spell, not the one I use the most. I definitely use banishment the most, but my favorite spell is probably. Disintegrate. I just gotta say disintegrate. Well, here's a little known fact about me uh, for this campaign. Uh, I fucking love necromancy spells. They're my favorite thing in the whole world. Hey, Monica, I hate to burst your bubble, but you bring it up literally every Do episode. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, I oh, you're like, oh, I know that. That's necromancy. Because I, I just love those. Listen, I just love, listen, I love necromancy. <laughs> I love them. I've always, every every character that I have that's a spellcaster, minus this one, because it, uh, she's a warlock, she's not going to be able to do shit. But pretty much every <laughs> every spellcaster I've ever created is on their way to becoming a lich. <laughs> so I just fucking love necromancy so much. Power would kill. Come on. Amazing. It's a, pow- it's a power vacuum, you know? Somebody's got to be the lich. It's somebody's, somebody's got to be the lich. <laughs> it's it's my goal one day to end up being the like the BBEG of <laughs> of a game, but no one ever lets me do it. Hey, you do it for this one. <laughs> well, yeah. Honestly, I would believe that for top card. I I don't me too. <laughs> I have a sub question that's really going to show my hand just because I think I've only guessed and I have never heard it confirmed. BBEG is a big, bad, evil guy, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah. No, it's actually. I, bit. It I knew it was. I knew it was the big bad, but I didn't know evil guy was. The yeah, big bad, the big bad evil guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Context. Yeah, I'm I'm context detective. Officially. Make something up. But it, <laughs> it's the big, beautiful. Ethereal goddess. Ooh. Uh, let's let's move on to our next question. Why don't you give us that uh, Insta question? Okay, so this comes from uh, Nate Southcott, who has been with us since the very beginning and is a very wow. active listener. Uh, Nate, yeah, love, love you so much. <laughs> uh, Nate asks us, um, what would you say makes a good dream or vision sequence for um, uh, a warlock or cleric or paladin, you know, someone who who has a, a physical patron that they follow? Like, it, it, I guess cinematically is this question. Hey, uh, Odie. <laughs> well, I guess the question for that is: is this is it like they're coming to God moment, like the first time, or are we talking about generally like in a campaign? To like as a DM in a campaign or as a character building your character. Uh, it's it's the the second part of that question. It says what makes them cool, interesting, and motivated in your game. It's like what's their I guess what's a good vision to motivate them through their story arc. Sure. Like the characters or the the guy. The the characters. The characters. The characters. Uh, what's a good way to 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 motivate your character is that what it uh, to, was? Uh, to give to give like a cleric or a warlock or a paladin visions if you're trying to give them visions of something like how do you do that without beating them over the head with it how do you oh i see oh as a uh, dm for your characters yes okay all right uh, um hmm i so uh monica i'm gonna bring this up monica and i have a uh another home game we have like 800 home games we play too much <laughs> D. <D&D. laughs> we do uh we were just playing the other day and 
we all just, we literally had dreams. And usually my expectations for when it comes to characters receiving visions or dreams, like literal dreams, you get one per, like per play session. And you're like, okay, cool. We get to like hear about this character's arc and like what's happening. And we get a little bit of like a lore drop there. Um, but Monica took uh, like a handful of us and snatched us all up because we were all napping. And uh, a lot of us had dreams that are kind of like pulling us in separate directions. Uh, but so I think literal dreams can be very useful because it is something that we as people are, are used to kind of the like the immaterial sense of what where you can go and where you can be and what can actually happen in this you know unreality unre- and so it's it's a familiar thing that we can make unfamiliar and i think it's uh really telling for for a character how their dream unfolds and how they react within the dream and i think that's really cool I uh, I really like speaking of that home that same game actually. Um, I really enjoy giving characters visions that are not necessarily reliable or that are at odds with each other. I think that that's uh, interesting. Um, but mm-hmm. as for I guess as a player, as someone who plays clerics and paladins and and warlocks a lot, just kind of the idea of introducing that person to I think you really need to know your player honestly because if it's going to be something like oh hey I need you to be a hero now here's your vision the the player is just as likely to take that or to be like I don't give a shit about it that's especially a problem with top card is that she's <laughs> just as likely to to follow a dream as she is to ignore it entirely um, so you really need to figure out what your player is wanting or what your player's relationship with their god is and tailor that pretty specifically i think yeah because odd thrill literally interacts with her god you know the cat lord comes down and physically mingles and and fucks shit up so it's uh it's not a relationship that i've ever had as a player with a god and i think that it's really interesting to be able to connect in a a really like human way to my god. Hmm. Uh, Kendall has a long time DM. Any any thoughts here? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's really important to talk to the player about what they want with the relationship with their god or patron or whatever. Because um, you don't want to build a relationship that's like they don't like and then they just don't want to be their class anymore. Uh, because they're like, my god's a dick i don't want to have a dick god i want a nice god i'm like oh whoops Uh, (laughs) so it's important to know that and communicate that um but also gods are really powerful uh, things in a world uh, that where gods exist and and they they invoke really powerful imagery and things that players can do like it this is this is always a weird thing when to think about what in this world gods exist and that's like that's so different <laughs> from our world it's like a completely different mindset and so i feel like imagining in what would gods do in a world where gods exist can 
take you to so many different types of places. Um, especially, you know, when they're not all powerful and they have enemies and they have things that they need and they can be hurt and killed by people that want to go against them and, you know, making them, making them, making them human and, and also in a way, um, not that they're just a big old God in the sky that they can be hurt. Like one of, I'm one of my characters in my home game that I run, uh, is literally, uh, a war, a warlock who worships the God of dreams. Uh, and so I, I have to literally give him dreams and give him power over dreams because uh, there's that weird, random, vague-ass spell called Dreams in D&D where you can, like, <laughs> control someone's dreams, maybe, and the effect is oh, yeah. something. Oh, yeah, I've never seen anyone use that spell or even no, take he, it. He uses it all the time, and it's so vague <laughs> uh, yeah. that I'm just like, okay, describe what you do in their dream. Describe me what describe what their dream is. Um, and because he wants that. He wants to, like, be a dream guy and, like, manipulate dreams. And so I kind of just let it give give more power to the player in that kind of aspect of like, okay, we wake up, you're talking to your dream god, what's your dream like? And and he's really into it, like, because he's like, uh, I think it's inspired by the uh, Neil Gaiman, San, Sandman, oh. Neil Gaiman, Sandman. Oh, sure. So he's like super into like describing this like weird dream shit. I'm like, yeah, let's work for me. And you're real into it. So... Uh, sometimes, you know, giving power over to players like that is good as well. Yeah. It's like, okay, what what do you want this god interaction to be? Describe it for me. Yeah, um, absolutely. That could be nice too sometimes. Yeah, and, and honestly, that, uh, again, again, you have to check in with your players. Like, mm. my, I, as clerics or paladins, I didn't play like zealots beca- because of the exact same reason. Like, what kind of world is it if what kind of world is it that these gods exist? Why wouldn't people be obsessed with that? People are obsessed mm-hmm. with it now and we don't have proof of it like, yeah. <laughs> in that world. What is that like? And what is being an atheist? Like, you know, whatever, but like the difference between top card who's like, yeah, no, my God doesn't fucking talk to me. In fact, top card is getting visions, not from the pa- her patron. She's getting visions from like another guy who also worships her patron. Um, that's a totally different relationship from, uh, for instance, Equinox, who was the who was the cleric, the Tempest cleric I played in our one shot. Check out our Patreon for our for our in universe one shots. Um, like Equinox uh, considers herself a messenger of God. You know that's a totally different that's a totally different relationship. So your visions for them have to be completely completely two different things. Yeah, and and that's why I really wanted to play around with. I guess we're going into the creation of characters, but uh, why I really wanted to create Kangor um, because he, I wanted to play around with uh, someone who's really, really trying to connect with a God, but like is really bad at it Um, and, and like may not be worthy of that connection. God, I would, so I would love to run into like an actual like Eldath person because the fact that like Kengor interprets like wind and stuff, I would love for us to just meet an Eldath person who's like, oh yeah, no, she comes and speaks to me all the time. What do you mean? <laughs> well, so we, I think we do have two instances of that in the show. Uh, I think Kengor meets a actual paladin of Eldath at the Eldath temple in Rax. Uh, it was a priest. There was, wasn't, uh, there, there was a, a paladin in training. Oh, yeah, in training. Yeah. Um, but also, the Cat Lord has met Eldath, and we've yeah. met 
the cat lord. That's so, so he yeah. says. God, God so, says. I mean, uh, cat lord says that she's uh, she's really good at arm wrestling, which is very funny. So, uh, but the the fact that uh, putting putting in faith, like what what does faith mean in this world when there there is concrete evidence? Uh, like what? What does that mean? <laughs> right. And what? Well, we yeah, talked about ahead. that with Craggle. I like I, I. I don't even remember if this was Top Card yelling at Craggle or me specifically <laughs> yelling at Robert. What does it mean that you don't believe in gods in a world where gods canonically exist? What does mm-hmm. that mean? What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. But Robert, like, have you ever I mean, played a face character? No, no, definitely not. Um, I mean, yeah, this question's like super like over my head, Robert's head. Like, um, this is very in the weeds for me. <laughs> but, like, yeah, and I mean, I specifically, I guess I didn't when I made Craggle, I didn't like think of it as though as like the gods do exist in this world, like with irrefutable proof, right? And so, I don't know. I think his whole deal is that like his his life has been hard and no one's been looking out for him so why would he bother worshiping somebody right like yeah and that's kind of where i come where what i wanted to do with him um specifically but yeah i don't know maybe i should do a faith one just to <laughs> take it for it's, it's fun take it's religion fun. i love spin. <laughs> i love i love faith um, okay, do we do we want to move on to our next question? Does anyone else have anything about that? Unless we want to discuss faith some more, and like the I mean, concept of faith. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> next question for the Q and A. This is from um, Alex seven six five. They sent us an email. Um, what is your most favorite class, and what is your most hated class? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I really liked in the um, Dragon Island one shot we did. Man, I loved playing as uh, a monk. That was super fun. Monks, monks are so OP. I yeah. think monks and clerics are my some of my favorite classes to play. But I I played my first barbarian for your Pugmire one shot, Kendall. If you guys have check out our Patreon. Uh, if you guys haven't heard about it, we have a, a, a Pugmire one-shot on our Patreon where we're all playing as dogs. Uh, and I was playing M- M- Matty Doberman, oh my who was God. a barbarian. Matty, I remember that. Matty Doberman. Oh, uh, Man, I love it. That was such a fun time. I love that. Really I just want to say, as I didn't play in that game, but did listen to it on Patreon. <laughs> Fucking fun as shit. I loved it. <laughs> well, that, that was my first time yeah, playing yeah. as a barbarian, and I fell in love with the barbarian class there's so much you can do and i've never played a a a smash em up character i've never played like a fighter or anything like that and uh as a as a strictly like magic a strictly caster player switching to a a a bash em up was amazing I love barbarians. <laughs> yeah, I, I take barbarians or warriors too because I I'm a DM, so I usually like dabble in like all of the classes for like NPCs for my characters, and so there's a lot going on in my mind. And so when I when what I enjoy playing the most is just like, yeah, fuck it, run up and hit him, <laughs> run up and hit him. I'm so tanky. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck all your tactic shit. I'm just getting you. Uh, and that's what I really like as a player because it's like. It's like uh, I don't know, freeing, I guess, <laughs> to just to just do that. Because as a DM, I try to be all my 
I try to make all my villains at least a little bit tactical and uh, how they operate. So hmm. it's just, uh, it's a, yeah, it's playing out uh, something that I really enjoy, which is being buff, also oh. fantasy. On the complete opposite end of that, I fucking love wizards. Wizards are my absolute favorite. I love, I love that there's too many spells. I love that I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm just like in, I'm looking up spells every 10 seconds. I've got 80 million tabs on my handbook. I, uh, actually for Christmas, uh, my partner, he bought me a, uh, like a, a spell book that I can put my little spell cards in and it's super, super useful. Uh, but I love, I love the utility of wizards. I love that they can do like a ton of damage or that they can aid everyone else. Um, I also love that they're paper. I love that they get hit once and they're dead. That's awesome to me. I love that kind of danger in my life. Um, but also just the organization that it requires. I love, I I'm so I like, I loved Pathfinder too. Like I just love being in my fucking shit but I hated the math of Pathfinder. So wizard is the closest you can get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, most hated class. Yeah, it's wizard for me, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's just too much shit. Like, I got to deal with that as a DM. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with all this No, magic God, I would never play a wizard bullshit. NPC if I had the fucking choice. That's a nightmare. <laughs> I've already got too many things going on. I can't fucking focus on a wizard. If yeah. I'm gonna be honest, I think Druid is my most hated class. I think they're fucking boring. I think they can be cool. I've seen people play really cool Druids, but I've tried to build Druids and I fucking hate it. Building a Druid sucks. That's another- that's- honestly, that's too many spells. The fact that you have to change your spells every day <laughs> and uh, yeah. is annoying. Druids can do, like, everything, which is yeah. crazy. It's too much. Well, that's the thing is that it's too much is that they can be anything. They can be a yeah. tank. They can be utility. They can, it's, yeah. which is great, my, but also a pain. My player just learned that she can, she's the best tank uh, in my home game because she can turn into two animals that have yeah. the most health. And I'm like, wait, I can be a tank. And I'm like, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, turn extended into every fight, right extended yeah. every fight for 10 turns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what my I have the least experience with like spellcasting classes, so like I'm I'm just daunted by the amount of reference material. <laughs> yeah, you have to probably. Open a book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I mean, even just like fucking Craggle's like six feet is already like I forget <laughs> about all of it all the time. Like, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I honestly, there's a very there's very few. There's like a handful of classes I haven't played yet. Um, I've never played a bard just because I've never played a game where that was just just uh, more often than not. I find myself like filling the slot that no one else wants to do, you know, because I have no problem. Like in this game, actually, I called my I, I was like before anyone else picks something, I'm like, I'm being a warlock. Fuck you guys, because I had <laughs> never played it before and I wanted to try it. But normally I end up playing clerics or paladins or fighters or whatever. Um I can't fucking stand rangers because I think they're such a useless class. I don't, I don't, uh, early on maybe, uh, they can hold their weight, but like as spellcasters and stuff move up, they're totally out of their league. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you take, you have to have a very kind DM that's going to throw you a lot of, like a lot of sp- wiggle space and items and things like that to make, sh- to, uh, for you to be any sort of contender in a fight at all yeah. um, I do feel that way about fighters also is that 
uh, fighters also as spellcasters get stronger because spellcasters grow exponentially and martial classes kind of just grow linearly, yeah. which is mm-hmm. it's hard at higher levels. Fortunately, most D&D games never get to higher levels, so you don't have to worry about it. But uh, yeah, 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 just a lot of the martial classes, like the most basic martial classes. Barbarians, I think, are the only ones that are worth their salt <laughs> at higher levels. Well, I, I think you have to have magic items to balance that stuff out. Like a yes. plus three magic sword on a fighter. Oh, absolutely. Compared to a wizard, it's more consistent. So you just got to make sure that you, they get those magic items. I think You, you have I to feel. hope. You have to hope that your DM is, is kind <laughs> enough to give you those things. That's the thing. Yes, yes. Is that if your DM is stingy on items, which I have run into a couple of times, you're you're screwed at higher levels. Well, you're that's that's like written into the in the handbook. You're expected to have if you create a character at higher level, you get like X amount of magic items. Yeah. So. What no one's brought up rogues, and I I find that I really love interesting. Rogues. Because I, I, I feel like rogues are a coin toss. Like, people either love them or hate yeah. them. Because, like, in in the history of role-playing games, board top role-playing games, uh, rogues were notoriously the, the most useless class. And it isn't until, like, recent times uh, that they've, you know, with this, the sneaking and having more magic abilities... Uh, that they've kind of broke off and become a more useful class. So it, I don't know, like people either love or hate rogues. Um, I have like a love hate relationship with rogues because I, I love playing rogues. I think they're so much fun. I love building rogues. The problem is, is that a lot of times uh, I, I used to play like a decent amount of games with like just people, like kind of random games, like with people that I met online or whatever, whatever. Regular people. Right. Well, you know, like normies, <laughs> you know, no, normies, uh, randos. Uh, the problem Ooh. with that is that there was always one like edgelord rogue, like mm. chaotic neutral edgelord rogue that was just like the absolute worst person to deal with. They wanted to do any, they didn't want to do anything you want to do. They don't, you know, because it, it, it's easy to be that as a rogue, I guess. Um, <laughs> Craggle is amazing because Craggle is just he's like he, I'm just a dude that wants to eat some food and hang out. I'm not, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. But, but <laughs> for, it's for, become that more <laughs> yes but for it started everyone, out pretty edgelord for sure well, it's so easy to do yeah but i mean no cra- like for every craggle there is fucking 10 dudes in the wings that want to play an edgelord asshole rogue that you just want to kill off because he's whatever stealing from the party or he's whatever oh, yeah. being an asshole mm-hmm. all the time yeah um so as when other players say that they want to play a rogue i'm highly suspicious of them <laughs> but i do enjoy the class a lot <laughs> How how are you enjoying playing a rogue? You know, I, I I don't know. I I like I like being sneaky. Like and like I don't know. I feel like my um I'll play a lot of those kind of dexterity based characters in like the video in like RPGs video games. Um and so I, that's I think why I went that way with Craggle because I was like yeah he'll shoot a bow. Um and I mean and he's since gotten a sword that he likes using more now. But like um I don't know. My cat is screaming at me. Um, <laughs> what do you think about rogues? I dig rogues. Oh. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I have fun. I think Craggle does it about as well as he should. <laughs> it deserves to do it. Yeah, yeah. Role playing. Um, oh, Kendall, this is a question that's pretty much just for you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, th- this is from Boo Boo Kitty Hawk. This is also an email. Um, 
What are the prayer rituals for Eldath? Oh, God. Um, uh, definitely meditation is this. Um, I mean, okay, so Eldath is a real god in, like, the lore of Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading all about her when I first made Kangor, but then a lot of it kind of flew out the window and started just becoming improvised stuff. So I know meditation and water and and prayer, silent prayer and songs are a big part of it. And other than that though, not quite sure. Do they have church? I don't really know. Maybe. They have buildings, I think. So well, there's the temple full of those little duck pools. There was a temple of duck pools, yes. yes. Um, it was literally like, um, no, Knackle Gem, like Knackle Gem's old building before the benefactor. Yeah. Like, did they? Did he not like have sermons there? I mean, I don't know, give us a backstory, please. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't want to make it too much like just it's just Christianity, but like nature. But I guess it kind of is a little bit uh, in a sense. And I haven't like gone too in depth with it with like what are the exact prayer rituals? Why would you? We're only almost two years into the game. (laughs) Why would you put any thought into that? Meditation. Is what he does. <laughs> it's it's the pr- prayer ritual. It's just handing out pam- pamphlets. Handing out pamphlets. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Kango was just taught to hand out pamphlets and and to think to himself, and that was all he was taught to do. <laughs> so that's that's what he does. Great. Uh, from the very beginning, I wanted Kango to not know a lot about the religion he practiced for a while because he was he's not good at it. Uh, and no one really believed that he would be good at it. And so there is a like an in-game reason why he doesn't know stuff, but also there's a Kendall reason why he doesn't know stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, this next question is uh, for me. It's direct, would you like me to read it to you? Yes. This question is from Evan the DM. I love the way yeah. he wrote it too. Like it wasn't. Yeah, well, like he was trying to hide that it was him, but it was him. <laughs> the, the question says, "I like." This is all capitals, by the way. Uh, not like all caps, but like every word is capitalized. <laughs> so it's like a title. I love it. Camel case. Um, I like the food stuff. Why no like? <laughs> question mark. Monica, please. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, because similar to listening to someone else tell you their dream, no one wants to hear what you had for dinner. <laughs> you literally just talked about a player in a different game that's whole thing is telling you their dream. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> and we've talked about how interesting it is when the DM tells you your dream. Uh, yeah, because those are narratively told dreams as opposed to yeah. in real life where your dream is like, I had the strangest dream that I was eating corn. <laughs> and then the corn turned into a cockroach. And I was like, what? That's how every dream goes. And that's also how food conversations go. I fucking hate it. That's how I every have... dream goes. <laughs> <laughs> In some of the best books, there's a bunch of narration about the food, and it draws you into the world. You know, uh, I have. Well, see, this is where I tell you guys that I don't actually have any 
um, visualization. Like my, I don't, th- I don't see oh. stuff like stuff. <laughs> uh, wait, what? I, wait, 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 what? I, okay, well. Uh, there was God. I don't even know how to describe it. You don't see stuff in your mind. No, like I don't. Images? I don't have any. I don't have any pictures in my head at all. It's it's words. Whoa! Whoa. What do you What do you imagine? I wonder the, the, word, the, the words. Talking. The words. What do you see when you're dreaming? Which is words. I don't. Okay, this is gonna blow your mind. I have maybe three dreams a year. <gasps> wow. How do you play D and D if you don't imagine anything? <laughs> I spent uh, I spent eight years taking acting classes, so I know how to build a character. It doesn't have anything to do with my magic. I was actually wow. really bad at all of the imagine ec- imagination exercises that were like, you have a pomegranate in your heart. Move like you have a pomegranate. I'm like that doesn't wow. that doesn't mean fucking anything to me. That means nothing. <laughs> that mean anything. Your hands <laughs> are made of cheese. Yes. What yeah. Does that yeah. Look like? And nothing. That mean it looks like nothing to me. I was really bad at those. I was really good at uh, word exercises like Meisner, where you're just repeating words at each other until genuine movement comes out of that. That's a totally different thing for me. That's why I hate food stuff. It's because I don't have any visual memory whatsoever. I'm functionally face blind. Also, my mind right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Because I like only see in images. I'm like such an image person. That's how I'm a writer too. I see like images first, and then like I write towards those images. I will say this: and I like, can memorize lines after reading them twice. <laughs> oh, I, I suck at memorizing lines. So yeah. words, that's all that's in there. It's just words. words. I see pictures of words. Wow. Yeah. That's so. crazy to me. That's yeah. like that's like the thing where it's like people have like no inner monologue. It's like that sort of like revelation to me. Right, exactly. Exactly. It's like uh-huh. what the fuck? <laughs> wow. Uh yeah. Uh I uh, it's amazing what the internet teaches you that like not pe- people don't think the same way that you do. Uh yeah. that was like a big thing like 6 months ago where they were like, "Uh some people when they see an apple, they see this or they see this or they see this." And I was like, "I don't see shit. What are you talking about?" <laughs> what does that mean? You just anyway. see the word apple if you picture an apple. Basically, like I I I picture the I I get the word apple and also I know that it's I picture a red, like a red color. Red. Wow. That's pretty much it. It's the word apple, but in red. Pretty much. <laughs> no, it's, it's exercises no. where it's like it's the word blue, but it's yellow, you know? Yeah. It's wow. the word apple, but it has a like a drop shadow that's red. <laughs> Spoiling my mind. Anyway, so that that's why, <laughs> frankly, frankly, because the, those conversations mean fucking nothing to me. In, in my defense, I will say that I've at least, when we do interact with food in the show, I've been trying to make the interactions a little less just... What do you have on your menu? <laughs> no, they actually, they've gotten, I think, much funnier. Like, yeah, in, like the bread bowl on the airship. I yeah. was <laughs> like, let's be fucking gross right now because I'm by myself on the deck of the airship. <laughs> and then the, the the elephant ear shakedown in the airport also. Yeah, no, I think I think it's been, I think it's been really good. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's been really good. It's just uh, early on, I was like, oh my God, we're just talking about food and it means nothing to me. Yeah, I, I mean, it's boring. Anyway. It's just sitting there with Evan railing off the bartender being like, we have Phoenix pie and this soup <laughs> and this drink. And yeah. what do you want? It was very like, <laughs> that got old for me really fast too. It's, it's very funny that, that we uh, kind of like fell into talking about food and then uh, Top Card and Odd Thrill went into a bar and we were like, okay, now tell us about alcohol. Though. <laughs> <laughs> All of the alcohol had magic effects, okay, to be fair. It's time to get some food with magic effects. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
Uh, the cheese knife, though, is also very good. <sighs> I still um, can't believe that you play D&D, an imagination <laughs> game where we all sit around a table and imagine together. <laughs> uh, li- because I, I play, I literally play uh, inward out instead of the other way around. Inward out. Uh, I've, I've built the character so like deeply in myself yeah. in like what my reactions to shit is, is that that mm. comes from, it's, uh, that's all character training. Though I play, I play D and D like as an actor, not as oh. a storyteller. Right? Yeah, you're just at acting. Wow. That's, Art- that's why I don't like DMing that much, to be honest, is because I have a really hard time describing locations to people because oh. I can't help them visualize very well. Mm. So like, uh, our, our- I have to do so much prep to DM. So like, yeah. our combat without a game mat must be like a fucking nightmare. Then like, it's <laughs> it has always been a nightmare. Yeah, it's enough for for like. Those of us that can visualize the shit, and we're just it's, like, it's been two years of a nightmare without a game. <laughs> so yeah, like, no, Evan, where are we? <laughs> that that why like twenty feet wide? No, it's like a hundred feet wide. What are you talking about? If you listen, if you go back and listen to the podcast, Evan and I get into more fights during combat than any other time because I don't <laughs> fucking understand what he's saying ever. Oh. Because it's it's my sh- brain, my brain does not fucking yeah. take in information oh, yeah. that way. Okay. Yes, I, I understand that more, much more now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even though I did understand, already understand it <laughs> while we were playing. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Man. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Oh anyway, don't talk about food anymore. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You um, have to be very creative. Is yes. What I, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. Or throw uh, some magic in there. Magic food. I'm Evan. <laughs> it's true. We gotta pass that along to Evan. Well, hey Evan, you're editing this right now. Write down the note, magic food. <laughs> okay, next question. Uh is uh just says power gaming over roleplay. I don't yes. know. What, what is I don't know. I don't know what that means. Okay, so power gaming is basically it's uh it's maxing your stats. It's playing your care it's you're playing a dragonborn paladin with certain stats so that you are the most maxed you could possibly be, be. the best all of your stats of you can be correct yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean to answer question, video games i don't say no i think you should build the character as the character yeah there's well, there's video games for min maxing i mean there's much more fun ways to min max than this paper game with <laughs> that we play in our minds. Like, <laughs> I think it's crazy to try to power a game D and D. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And of course, I mean, you're getting this. You're getting this from artists. You know, we're mm. All, mm. all of us are <laughs> are we're story based. We're story based. You know, and that yeah. I think going into this, we were always that going to be that. Um, but I, I will say this: there is a place for power gaming, and it's in. One shots. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Build, build a character that's just gonna fucking wreck everyone's shit for <laughs> for one episode, you know, like mm-hmm. but for for this, like Top Card, God, God, Top Card did until until this last uh, like item drop, Top Card did on average six damage every time she hit. <laughs> We're level nine characters, for God's sake. because uh, I built oh, yeah. uh, all of my invocations and stuff are eye based. Which, believe me, is not the most powerful way to play a fucking warlock. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, you know, uh, w- especially especially in the format that we're doing it, we're telling it as a podcast. Hopefully, it's more entertaining to people to 
to to hear a weird story shit than it is to yeah watch us be yeah. the strongest and fastest and beat everything all the time. <laughs> I can't I mean, power game because I roll dog shit constantly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yes. Uh, but also, there. Are, if you want to power a game, find a group that all is like, yes, let's power a game together. Let's all make try the best characters. And that's the point of this session, this game, is that we're all power gaming. And if everyone's like, I'm bored with that, that's super cool. Um, but if not, you know, have a conversation <laughs> before <laughs> you decide to make the best character ever uh, as you come in. Uh, you know, you want to, I, I think it's more fun to think of the story first and the ability second mm-hmm. great we're all in agreement let's <laughs> <laughs> no, next thanks joel uh, next <laughs> oh wow okay uh i uh we don't have the source of who this question was but i don't think it was evan because that doesn't make sense um this question is what are your character backstories i know a little about everyone but kangor and his brother um, nice. Well, I mean, hopefully that will be told over the time of the podcast. But yeah, I mean, I can. I, I mean, I can do a log line of just yeah. Scraggle deal. Rather yeah, pitch a pitch a Scraggle. So here, there's yeah. a little rock gnome that uh, got separated slash maybe abandoned by his parents in this marketplace city, um, and grew up doing like street urchin gang shit, like. Until, and bouncing towns when shit got too dangerous. Like that's, that's Craggle. <laughs> uh, and he only has three fingers on one hand. Correct. His left hand very important. is missing his ring and pinky. How, we didn't know that, that for so long. No, seriously, I didn't know that until, I don't know, two months ago. How did that happen? Let me look up my my notes because it's like, it's I kind of purposely left it vague, um, but it was most of his like mob activity stuff was just that like they'll use the uh taking off fingers to make a point oh. about you you were mean to the mob or you weren't didn't put us before you so sure we're taking cut off a finger like, yeah yeah there's so yeah, much yeah, to craggle yeah. like mob shit wise what that's the first that one we I've don't ever, know that we like I've never, never heard that before <laughs> i mean we'll ever. get we've specifically like been away from the towns where that that's true we are heading so. <laughs> we are theoretically heading in that direction now yeah so. i'll yeah. have to kind of flesh that out like i had to do with the parents once we got to meet his we uncle, met your uncle by accident yeah no can we talk about that the fact that evan was using a random name generator and accidentally generated a gnome that with your love last it. name i love it what on you... the episode where we That's revealed fake. your last name i also did that to make his last name so like it's probably the same name generator. probably <laughs> Okay, here's oh, it's the same name generator. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, uh, my name is Craggle Garrick. I mean, Craggle. Craggle was I made that up. But Garrick was from a name generator. Craggle is the, is the thing in the Lego movie. Well, it was so fun. <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> okay. I was so blown away by that storytelling. Like that was like real, like kismet shit. Because oh, yeah, we yeah. didn't know your last name also until that. That I session. Remember, I don't remember if I ever if I said it in the first game we played. 
I, I don't remember either, yeah. but like we didn't know it because you never introduced yourself with Craggle Garrick to us. I mean, I guess I'm no. the only one. Am I the only one? Oh, no. Kangor has a last name. Fireblood. We also have last names. It's just a tribe name. Just a tribe, yeah. Oh, um, okay. But that was the thing is that we had never heard that before. So you said Garrick and we were like, say what? And then what? 45 minutes later, Evan mentions a gnome's name is Garrick. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I can't believe Evan <laughs> did that storytelling so well. And it was just, it, he didn't even mean to do it. <laughs> I was so fucking, my mind was fucking blown, and then I was just coldly disappointed when I found out I mean, that he was knows, an accident. He knows Craggle's last name, too. I'm surprised he didn't, like, no- notice. It just doesn't come <laughs> up that often, I guess. Yeah. Um, it really doesn't. So, yeah, Craggle lost his fingers um, taking a dive for a friend, um, and the mob, like, took the blame during mobs. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, we, I want to hear more, more about that, like, in, in the game. <laughs> uh, Kangar, tell us a little bit, I guess, about oh, you. God. So I'm I'm a writer, so I wrote like pages of backstory for Kangor. <laughs> he, he went on many journeys, um, but I think all of it has pretty much been touched on in the. Uh, what's the deal with your like, bruh? I guess your brother's been introduced and killed. Yeah, Bro-bro. and your mother's yeah. been introduced. Yeah, yeah, my mom might be interesting because she might be like a big bad because she's leading like all the evil orcs and shit. On the West Coast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like my... Yeah. Well, I guess I talked about this with that with that girl. Uh, the orc girl. Oh, right. Uh, but yeah, I... My mom was a human, but she was a leader of the orc clan. Uh, because... Wait, your mom's a human? Is that true? Yeah, you didn't... Yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. You are a half-orc. Yeah, I don't yeah, know why I'm a half orc. I, I thought she was an orc though. Oh shit! No, no, she's not an orc woman who fucks human men. She's a human woman who fucks orc men. Yes, and, uh, because... and leads an orc tribe. She leads the orc tribe. That's crazy. Yeah. She's a bad bitch. What? She is. She's a bad bitch. She's <laughs> a bad bitch. You can't kill her. Yes, and I I don't know who my father is because she fucked like everyone in uh, the clan, pretty much. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Everyone consented. Everyone raised consented. her own sons, so... You know, as yes, long as uh, keeps those bones strong. But I... Uh, what was it? Yeah, we just killed too many people, and I got a conscience, and I saved an uh, Eldath person. Um, and he taught me about Eldath, and instead of killing him, I let him go. And then I fought with my mom, and then she like gave me a scar, and I cut her finger and ran away. And then I joined the Eldath commune. And then, huh. yeah, yeah. But there was a big chunk of time between that and because I ran away when I was like really young, sure, like twelve. So there was a good like four to six years where I was wandering, trying to figure out, going to like all the different Eldath communes, trying to get get into one, and none of them like accepted me. So there's a good chunk of period where I was just kind of like being a shitty orc guy and just like trying to get, trying to get accepted into the church and then and then uh finding finding knuckle gem so i i do have a question about that. do you only have one brother or do you have more family i have more family yeah hmm. great can't ru- wait to run into and kill them <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, yes it's, it's like scott pilgrim we just we're gonna keep running <laughs> to your yes your i have seven bro- seven siblings <laughs> They all hate me. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I feel yeah. like we've we've touched on so much of Top Card in Odd Thrill. Like, I feel after like going because, through Rax, yeah. 
Well, yeah. I, I think especially at the beginning because we are two players who know each other's, well, most of each other's backstories that we we talked about it like right off the bat. I can I can think of when we the first time that we split the party and it was just top card and on thrill fighting McMiniman and yeah. we almost died and we yelled at each other on a boat. We really revealed like so much backstory. That's true. Yeah. I I basically laid in like whatever episode that was. That was like the fifth episode and I just like absolutely laid out my overarching long-term goal. <laughs> I was like, no. I'm like, here you go. This is what I want. Welcome to another two years of listening to me talk about this one goal. <laughs> um, I, I think there's one there's one backstory thing that hasn't been revealed in game. Like, one major thing. And uh, Shane, Rory, uh, kept bringing it up. Uh, he kept wanting to make me say it, and I refused to say it. Uh, but that's definitely going to come up. Uh, the, the whole, like, Rory top card odd thrill like love triangle happening there mm-hmm. uh that that is that still has some drama yet to come but really there's so much i exactly it's easier for us because again we are we've known each other the our characters have known each other the whole time and we play fucking eight million D games with each other we know <laughs> how to communicate with each other in a way that that gets that out quickly i guess hmm. but i think one thing at least for me I might have missed it. That's a little bit vague as how um, you lo- like h- how exactly you met the your god. Mm. Yeah, I think we talked about it maybe a little bit when Rory showed, and I, maybe a little bit between me and Othril at the beginning. Yeah, uh, I think I just don't. At least in my mind, it's like what is the exact thing that connected you to that god and made you lose memory yeah um actually literal literal game mechanics actually it is a literal spell um so what happened there was that top top card and odd thrill were both raised to worship the cat lord and the Mm. cat lord came uh to odd thrill really really young Mm -hmm. and did not answer top card at all and mm-hmm. Top Card was insanely jealous of that and decided, with the help of Rory, mm-hmm. to uh, do a, I think a cleric ritual. What the fuck is the name of the spell? I'm looking it up. Um, Summon Squid God. Yeah, well, it is... God, what is the name of this fucking spell? Uh, anyway, it is a, a literal ritual to summon a celestial. Hmm. Um, so Top Card and Rory set up this ritual together, um, mm. and something went wrong. Instead of summoning the Cat Lord, uh, what actually happened was that a rift in space was opened instead. Well, mm. And Top Card saw in this rift of time and space, in the madness beyond the universe, saw the Great Old One. Oh, interesting. Wow. I don't yeah. think I knew that. I don't yeah. think you've revealed that in the game. No, no. That's new. I think Is I feel it? like you have though. I don't know. I, I, I think also, you always dance around that. Specific, I, I, saying that specific thing. I, 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 yeah, I feel like well, because Top Card doesn't see it that way. Mm. Um because, like Top Card doesn't have the words to articulate that, I guess, because mm-hmm. as it really the story that about of Top Card is that it is she is she was a teenager 
who experienced a huge trauma that ruined her life. Uh, and it's really kind of her dealing with that trauma, but also her thinking that it was the best thing that ever happened to her. Um, but yeah, yeah, basically what happened is that uh, there's a, uh, it's driving me crazy. I'm going to be fucking looking for it during the next time I'm not talking. I'm going to be looking for this fucking spell because it is a legitimate, legitimate spell that we were trying to do. And, you know, sometimes when you try to cast a spell that you are much, that is a much higher level than you, it goes awry. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like dialing a six instead of an eight. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, wrong number. Saw saw the great old one, uh, and yeah, wrong number and, and flayed her mind open basically, uh, and she became what she is now. Uh, actually, she was a rogue, which is why the character is built so rogue heavy, really dex heavy, and all that thing. Uh, there's going to be it, sometime in the future. There's going to be a level one, uh, one shot with top card and odd thrill that Evan's been talking about, oh. um, and top card. Uh, stats are flipped. Intelligence of 18 and charisma of 9. Oh, you got dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, literally, all, all that's the literally what happened. Been drained. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. When she saw, when she saw, that was the, that was the pact, really, that she made with the old one, is mm. she gave away her life. She gave her all of her memories and everything. She gave all mm. of that for her power. Ah, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that is that is that. Um, I'm excited to do that one shot to see like the the how the dynamic between Top Card and Odd Thrill. Yeah, it's like uh, what are we like without trauma? <laughs> yeah, what what do you like before trauma? This is are they just happy? This is just no problems. This is literally crazy. a five years previous Meisner exercise. That's literally <laughs> what that is. Five years ago. Um, okay, great. I think that that's. That is a lot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next is how much time are we at? This by is the, the way? last question, right? Yeah, we got the last question. Yeah, this yeah. is the last question. You're perfect. Hey, look at us. We nailed it. Okay. Um, this question is at Nivelduug. Uh They say, "I want to DM, but I'm scared that I won't be good as Matt Mercer, <laughs> um, as that is who my friends all sh- say I should try to be like." How can I make a good story that my friends will like? Well, I'm just going to step in right there. Um, Matthew Mercer has been a actor and storyteller for his entire life, basically. Matt and Mercer he, has been DMing since he was 13, and he's 33. So. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been doing this his entire life, so it's not fair to compare yourself to him at all, because he yeah. has way more experience than you do. And it's also, his like, job. It's his job. Also, it is literally his job. That's why he's making the big money to do that. Yeah. Um, but also, that style is not the be all end all style. Um, the uh, there yeah. are so many there are so many like really really good professional DMs out there, and none of them sound like Matt Mercer. Um, I I personally am really enjoying uh, Dimension Twenty right now, which oh. is the, the College Humor people. Yeah, um, Bren- uh, Brendan. Brendan Lee Mulligan. Uh, his he is absolutely nothing like that. That is a completely yeah. different form of D anD. d You yeah. wouldn't even know. H- hot that take. Game. Hot take. I like him better. I like him better. Uh, honestly, Ooh. honestly, he's much funnier. I yeah. think. I like that is a much better. He's better like, at improv for sure. He's better at improv. He's better at improv. Um, he really is. Uh, Matt is really great. He is a great world builder. 
he is a world builder in a way that like hardly anyone can compete with. But but Brennan Lee Mulligan comes up with shit off the top of his head that like no one and all of that is is practice. You and you oh, know yeah. your friends. You know your friends better than anyone else does. You are the person yeah. that can tailor shit to them. Like yeah. Matt Mercer is not going to tailor a game that they're gonna like as much as you are capable of. Yeah, tailor to your players for sure. And every GM's different, just like every writer is different. Every storyteller is different. And if you try to copy someone, it's just like if a writer tries to copy another writer, it never feels natural. So, like, yeah, uh, have a conversation with your players about what game they want and how you can tailor that game to them. Uh, and I've been doing it since I was in college, so like eight-ish years, and I'm still learning stuff. You know, even though I've been doing a game like every every week, every other week. I, I'm I'm learning. I'm still learning things. Then I'm like, oh, I could have done that better, for sure. So it's 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 practice. It's knowing your friends. It's knowing what your players want. Um, it's knowing how what's going to be fun and how to get there. Um, I I just recently uh, DM'd for the first time ever. I was so scared. <laughs> oh yeah, and- that was fun. Go check out our Patreon. <laughs> check out our Patreon. It's really, really, it's a really fun game. Uh, we had a great time. It's called The Star Drake. It's a scum and villainy RPG, which is basically Star Wars meets Firefly. Uh, so it's just space cowboys. Um, but I, I was like shitting my pants scared. And I was, I was like, crying and anxious because I was so afraid that it was gonna be bad and that I wasn't prepared enough and then we did it we just you just do it and you're like oh right these are my friends and we are just having fun oh right you made up the entire final fight so (laughs) I made up basically all of it the only thing that I had was uh, was the opening scene and the opening monologue and that was it <laughs> and like a basic idea of where we wanted to go yeah that's good no, that's good so just do it just, just do fucking it. do it get over yourself and just do it yeah and it's also it's also a game you know it's a yeah, game it's fun and <laughs> you know if it becomes if it stops becoming fun you know don't take it personal if people want to you know play something else it's 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 very rare to find a game that lasts like 10 years because that's yeah. You know, with, with very specific people, specific circumstances. Um, also, and I suggest this with everything: with writing, with podcasting, with DMing. Take in as much content as you can. Listen to everything you can, so that way you know what kind of style yeah. works, what doesn't work, what you like, what other people like. Yeah, watch Critical Role. Great, but don't just watch Critical Role. That is not going to teach you how to DM. You know, yeah. wa- watch Dimension Twenty. Wa- uh, listen to, listen to whatever the Adventure Zone. Adventure Zone. Listen Join the party. Uh, Dungeons and Daddies. Listen yeah, to yeah. any of that shit. <laughs> there's uh, so many. There's there's literally there's literally Thousands, probably there are yeah. there's literally millions of hours of content of of Dungeons and Dragons that yeah. if you don't feel confident confident just stepping out and doing it now listen to other people do it that that is part of practicing that is going to help you yeah um, and like to take take notes too if, if you listen to Critical Role just be like oh that was a really smart thing that he did there I wonder how he did that or like oh I didn't like that that didn't seem fun and that delayed the game quite a while and just like write it down and like take note and like observe 
Um, also, I want to do like a like a totally weird shout out to a person that I personally follow. Um, there is this guy, Mick Riley, R-Y-L-E-Y. He does uh, a bunch of like DMing YouTube videos where he talks about he he takes first of all he takes things like critical role and he's like yeah i'm gonna do a, he does a dm breakdown of the episode why did things go that way why wow. did why did matt change this thing when players did this how did it end up over here why is he doing tricks like these three descriptions of people you know um wow. it's really great i highly recommend it to everyone it's really really interesting that's um, interesting he, actually. he just did a he just did like a little short episode that was like what you want on your dm screen because like here's what the standard DM screen is, but what is more helpful to you personally and to your session and da 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 da. da. It's yeah, no, look this guy up. I'm serious, Mick Riley. Um, he also has a Patreon that I've, Skyler's, I subscribe to. Skyler's jaw on the floor. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> I think he's incredible, and he's taught me so much about DMing because just watching it also isn't going to teach you why people are doing those things. You might not think about them, um, but he goes through and he discusses why things are done in a certain way or what makes your game make more sense to people. That's absolutely incredible. I think like, the biggest roadblock that I came into was like, how am I supposed to know? How do you prep? Yeah. Yeah. I, that was the biggest thing. I was like, I want to prep, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be prepping or how I'm supposed to be doing it. And I, all I have is the very little D&D content that I have absorbed and the games that I play with my friends. And so I just didn't know how to prep. Yeah, it's daunting. It really is. Um, so yeah, I suggest I suggest checking out Mick Riley. I think he's really, really cool. Um, but also just fucking do it. Just do it. And then you'll realize, oh shit, this is the thing that I didn't prep. This is what I need to work on, whatever. Yeah, you got to do it to really know. And everyone preps differently too. Like, yeah, there are a lot. And, and watch. Uh, there's so many YouTubers that also talk about this stuff. So just watch any any YouTuber talk about it and you'll get at least things that you might want to try or things that you might not. Yeah. Um, great. Can I ask one final question for for all of us? <gasps> yeah. For me personally, um, I want to know what your favorite moment of like when you first started playing D, like your like the the moment that you realized that this was fun, and that you wanted to keep doing it. Um, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean I know. I think I know mine. Um, the first time I ever played just a tabletop role playing game was this like like in Star Wars uh, world variant, um, and we were. It was like over a winter break. It was like we were just sitting down with some buddies to play this one time. So it was pretty low stakes. And <laughs> our friend um, Anthony, who's ne- I don't think he's ever played D and he hadn't played D and D before, which a bunch of us were new. And I don't think he's ever played since. <laughs> um, <laughs> he rolled a critical fail um, when he was climbing a palm tree, and like just took a dump on his ass, and I think got injured too. And it was just like one of the fucking funniest things the way our buddy Steven described it that like it, w- it was just like I didn't I guess I didn't hadn't fully bought into like how entertaining playing it this like on a this tabletop and pa- pen and paper right was gonna be until like that moment where like you know everything just d- went the opposite the way we wanted it to go and like 
And I mean, and that's something that I just like the unpredictability of the game, really, and just kind of, and and just the game, gaming in general is just like it's just to have fun, and you know, I have feel I feel fortunate that I've played with mostly people that don't take it too seriously and like allow for the fun stuff. So, I mean, that's what that's why I like it is just like I don't know when shit goes when shit hits the fan like usually it can be fun too still <laughs> yeah I distinctly remember mine where I played 4th edition in high school with my friend and I really didn't like it that much but I thought it was fun that I got to act with my friends around a table instead of just in a theater and so when fifth I got the 5th edition starter kit box when it came out when the when the books weren't even out yet and so I got that and I had a bunch of actor roommates so I'm like let's just and I read the basic rules I'm like I kind of get this but like without much any prep without like any like ever DMing before I just kind of ran the starter set and it was some of the most fun I've ever had just like being around them and then I totally just took the story and just like ran with it wherever I wanted to I just ignored the starter set I didn't even have the the DM uh, book I have I didn't buy that for like a while yeah. uh, I just, so I, I just kind of uh, made up some of the the more specific rules that they needed um, but I had a blast just like making shit up and I <laughs> and like I'm pretty sure we played it super wrong um, but that was so fun and I guess there's this one distinct memory of like they were fighting in an arena and they were surrounded by sharks. And then one one time a character like was about to get eaten by a shark and they like rolled, I think either they rolled it like a 20. And so they like midair, like cut a shark in half. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't plan that, but that was amazing. And and. I think this is why this is my like theater in love with theater too. Like I got I went got in love with Fear Did the first time I made an audience laugh. I was in love with Dungeons and Dragons the first time I made my players like go like whoa or like get excited. Um, that's like there's like a um, parallel with the with, with the entertainment for me of just like making the people around you excited uh, and feel things. God, it's like, an actor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's some real it's, actor shit right there. Yeah, that's it's some real actor shit. But I'm like, hey, I can get the same adrenaline feeling by just hanging out with my friends and like much less work than putting on a play. <laughs> so um, that's I distinctly remember that feeling. Uh, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons in in my freshman year of college. Um, I made friends with this guy in like my introduction class. Like you have to coming into the theater department in college, you had to take a cut like a couple sessions of an intro class to just get familiarized with the system and the teachers and blah blah blah. And I made fast friends with um, someone who has DM'd for both Monica and I, and. Uh, he asked at bastard dungeons on twitter (laughs) um he was like hey do you want to play dungeons and dragons and all of us like 
you know that like freshman group of friends we don't really know each other but now we're friends and because please don't leave me alone i'm scared um we put together a god like an eight person D D game Ooh. <laughs> and uh i built a really shitty cleric and uh and at bastard dungeons ran with everybody's character builds even though they were garbage because we're brand new players and turned them into like the most beautiful story i have ever experienced in my entire life and and i just i got really lucky and i had an amazing d like first dm and i'm the complete opposite of monica i visualize everything I can see this, like the stories that we have told, and like the stories that that I've played in in all of my sessions, in very, very detailed memories, and uh, that's that's how I remember them. And I I always think back to like getting our our powers in in that first D and D campaign, and the group whittled down to like five people, and he turned us into. Uh, like Captain Planet, uh, yes. <laughs> and I just remember that I ended up being Heart because I was a cleric, and we had a rogue. I don't remember what he was, but he got turned giant. He got enlarged, and he threw me at a beholder, and because I was the embodiment of light and heart and humanity, that I landed starfished on this beholder and just melted into it like jelly and I, that's my favorite memory of D&D ever and I will <laughs> never forget that and now like that's what I that's what makes me excited to play was this stupid random thing that happened and I'll just never forget it um it's funny it's funny that you mention at bastard dungeons uh <laughs> amazing DM amazing amazing DM amazing DM um I actually was consuming Dungeons and Dragons content for much, for a way longer time than I ever played it. I started playing, God, uh, four years ago, but I was reading the fucking, the Dragonlance books and the fucking Dristo Erden books, like all of that shit. I read all of those as a kid. Uh, I was obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons stories. Um, my whole life, my whole life. Before I even knew that they were, you know, Forgotten Realms or they were whatever, whatever. Before I knew they were what Dragonlance meant, I, I read all of those stories. Um, and I got into Critical Role at, uh, like, a, probably the worst year of my life was the time that I, was when I got into Critical Role. And that was the story that I needed at uh, the time. And uh, I knew, watching that show, that I could, I had to play Dungeons and Dragons and I had to... Like, I, I finally had to do it. I had turned down so many games. I turned down, in fact, that game that Skylar was invited to uh, because <laughs> I'm not, because I hate improv. I'm not, like, I, I hated improv classes. I was not any good at it. And I have no fucking visual memory. <laughs> so I was like, this is a terrible game for me. I wouldn't be any good at it. I'll just enjoy it from afar. But um, yeah, I, I guess Critical Role was the thing that told me, I was like, I have to fucking play this game. I have to play this game. And the very first game I played, actually, wasn't actually D&D. It was Pathfinder. Uh, and I played it with At Bastard Dungeons. And they started out the game with, great, you walk into an inn. It's called the Golden Shower. And my <laughs> and my, my, uh, my other party member 
uh, wanted to fuck the eagle Aarakocra bartender. And I was like, yeah, I can't stop doing this. Uh, this, this, is it for, this is it forever. I have to keep doing this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So um, that game, actually, we played that game for two years and we are getting together Ooh. this week to play a wrap-up finale game of that game. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be happier. Um, Those never happen. No, that it never happens, and it is actually happening. And uh, hey, at Bastard Dungeons, uh, <laughs> you're you're great. You're great. It's the reason that I kept playing this game, and it's the reason I will continue to play this game. I will never, I'll never do better than that first hit uh, of D and D. Always chasing that dragon, if I'll, you will. Always, always chasing, always chasing that eagle, Eric Cocker bartender. So, <laughs> um, great. Okay, I, that's all the questions. We actually ran a little long. That's all right too. Woo. Uh, but thank uh, you guys for sending in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll, we'll yeah. hopefully Evan will do something great with this. Uh, thank you everyone to uh, everyone who sent in fan questions. Uh, be sure to follow us on our socials at Save the D Eight Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to email us with anything to really do anything we're taking any sort of input at this point um send us an email at save the d8 pod at gmail.com any last thoughts guys follow us on patreon, Go to so, patreon. So, so, oh. <laughs> yeah that's true we have a, a lot of the we talked about the one shots a lot today uh they are all on patreon uh and yeah you get a ton of content <laughs> you get a ton of, a one lot of stuff, stuff on there now yeah there's a lot of stuff on there. So. We've done so many one-shots. It's very good. Six, yeah. There's six or seven of them right now. If quarantine's getting you down and you just can't get enough content in your head, boy, do we have the content for you. <laughs> um, they, they've all been really fun, too. We, the Pugmire one-shot and uh, Skylar's space pirate one-shot. Yeah. and uh, I mean, Kendall's yeah. the dragon one was a lot of fun, too. Yeah, Kendall's dragon one. Every uh, All of them have been really fun. We did a level 20 one-shot in-universe, which is going to come up again. We're going to run into those oh. characters, guaranteed. Right. Um, cannot wait to have our fucking shit ruined by my yeah, min-maxed I cleric. About that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, be sure to check that out at uh, at our Patreon at Save the D eight at Save the D eight just slash Save the D eight. Yeah. I think like I think and subscribe. It should be Hit that bell. I think it's at Save the D eight. Yeah. So uh, g- g- Google Google Save the D eight Patreon. You'll find us. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Use your uh, Twitch Prime subscription. Yeah. Yeah. You know, le- yeah. Uh, thanks, folks, for for yeah. uh, good questions. For listening, for sending us the questions, and uh, yeah, sorry that you didn't get a regular episode this week. I assume that is what's happening here, but uh, we will return soon. Blame Xfinity. So that's who's to blame. <laughs> Xfinity, <laughs> the bane of D and D. Party Fish Media Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliot Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.